In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Many happy returns uh, on the Feast of the Pentecost. On this day we celebrate the coming down of the Holy Spirit upon the Apostles and upon all of the believers. Um, this is one of the most important feasts of the Church because the Holy Spirit in us, working in us, is the only thing that allows us to live according to the commandment of God. If we look according to the commandments that God has given us and all the requirements He has said, for instance, He asks us to love our enemies. He asks us to give to those who ask of us more than they ask. He asks us to do many things that are difficult for us to do. And the only way that we can be empowered to do these things is through the working of the Holy Spirit. Actually, when Christ ascended into heaven, He told the apostles, don't go anywhere, don't do anything, but wait in Jerusalem until I send you this gift, until the Spirit, the Spirit of Comfort, the Paraclete comes to you. He didn't even want them to go based on the knowledge or the experience that they had gained by living with Him and serving with Him for three years. This was not sufficient for them to succeed in their ministry. He didn't tell them, go now, and then the Holy Spirit is going to come later. No, he said, do nothing. Wait. Just wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is how important the Holy Spirit was. And we see immediately after receiving the Holy Spirit, the apostles are transformed, are changed. St. Peter, who was the one who used to be very impulsive and spoke kind of big words but didn't have a lot of, of action behind it, he went immediately and he preached and 3,000 people were converted and he baptized them. So we see that the Holy Spirit is a real, has a real transformation. This is why when someone gets baptized and confirmed and they receive the Holy Spirit, this is why we do this for people who are young. We do this for infants and children because we want them to have the benefit of the Holy Spirit all throughout their life. In John 16 verse 13, uh, Christ says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So we have to look and see what exactly does the Holy Spirit do? What are, what are some of the benefits of the Holy Spirit that we're going to speak about today? The first is a spiritual birth, right? The Holy Spirit grants us a spiritual birth. In John 3 verse 5, he says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of of God. This is the very beginning of our walk with God, is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. This is what allows us to be Christians. This is what allows us to enter the kingdom of God. So just as we are born once physically, we should also be born spiritually, right? So the salvation that we receive is through the working of the Spirit. It's a spiritual birth. It's, it's, a, it's a rebirth again. It's a renewal. This is why when someone enters into the waters of baptism, they, they die and they come out resurrected as a, as a transformed person, as a changed person, and they receive the Holy Spirit to support their life and guide them uh, th throughout. Another uh, gift that we receive from the Holy Spirit is illumination, spiritual illumination. In John chapter 14, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. How is it that we live a successful life spiritual life, it is through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us all things about God. When we read the scriptures, why is it that one person can read the scriptures and walk away still feeling like darkened, still feel like they don't understand? Actually, all of the, the people who do not believe in God, <clears throat> they can read the same scriptures that we have access to. But when we read the scriptures, we see a deeper meaning. We see a, a reality. And we can associate that reality with our experience. And that's very important. That the words of the scripture are not just dead words, are not just words that are describing the experiences of other people or, or historical figures as a history book, 
But it's actually a book that speaks about our own experience, the experience that we have with God. And it illuminates our mind to remind us of who God is, what his teachings are, and how his teachings apply to our life. So it is, it is something that, that, that enlivens the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is what allows us to understand the words of God and to know how is it we should apply them. And without the Spirit, we cannot understand those words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, For who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. When we look at the word of God in the light of the mind of Christ, we have an understanding of what is the mission of Christ. Who is this Christ? Why did he come? And unless we fully understand this, unless we fully understand who is Christ, why did he come, what has he done for us, what is the Holy Spirit, we will have a very shallow or superficial understanding of what Christianity is. That we believe that Christianity is simply about obeying certain rules and rituals and rites and that's all that it is. But this illumination that comes from the Holy Spirit teaches us the essence of our faith. Why do we do what we do and why do we believe what we believe and what are we hoping for? When we say we look for the resurrection of the dead, this spiritual illumination reminds us that there is a resurrection of the dead. It reminds us why we are continue to struggle and strive and what we are hoping for in the end. So it is a supporting spirit that illuminates our mind and keeps us on the path. Another thing that this, the Holy Spirit does for me is it supports my prayers. In Romans chapter 8, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with a groaning which cannot be uttered. How is it that the Spirit makes this groaning to God that cannot be uttered? Many of us, sometimes when we come to pray, we say we do not know what to pray or how to pray, or we don't know if God is even hearing or listening to my prayers. But here in Romans chapter 8, it's telling us that the Holy Spirit is actually praying with us. The Holy Spirit prays. He, he prays with us. He is helping us to, to pray to God. And even when we sometimes fail to find the words that we want to pray to God with, the Holy Spirit is, is interceding for us even in a silent way, even in a way that we maybe cannot see, in, with, with, in, in groanings which cannot be uttered, things that cannot be said, that the Holy Spirit is uh, helping and aiding our prayers. In Jude chapter 1 it says, But you, beloved, <coughs> building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So even as God tells us to pray to Him, He is helping us to pray to Him. So when it comes to prayer, we need to just start praying. We start praying and believing that God is working with us to help and support our prayers. Another gift of the Holy Spirit that uh, He gives us is spiritual fruit. The Holy Spirit is what bears fruit in me. In Galatians 5.22, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things can be achieved only through the work of the Spirit. Sometimes we feel like it is our responsibility to become more peaceful, or it's our responsibility to become more patient, or it's our responsibility to become more kind. But these things, how do we create these things in ourselves? How do we create in ourselves more kindness or more faithfulness or more gentleness. This is not something that we are able to create <coughs> in, in us. <coughs> this is why it is the fruit of the Spirit. If you think about like a, a tree that bears fruit, how does it bear that fruit? The tree doesn't even decide to bear fruit. It's something natural that comes from the tree. All that we do is we water the tree and the tree gets plenty of sun, sunshine and then suddenly over time 
this, as the tree begins to grow and grow and grow, it suddenly bears fruit. And this is the same way with the believer. It's not that we are going to decide, okay, now this year I'm going to make a resolution where I'm going to become more peaceful. Well, how do I know that I can do this? How, how do I know that I can achieve this? But the resolution that I can make, the things that I can do is what? Is I can choose to pray more. I can choose to be with God more. I can choose to go to church more. I can choose to fast more. I can choose to do these spiritual activities that is supported by the Holy Spirit. And then through this, God can create in me fruit. But fruit is not just going to appear. Fruit is not going to be something that I can work on in the sense like directly. It's something that happens over time as I grow in my spiritual life. So this is the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit working inside of us and not we working directly on our own. This, the Holy Spirit is what allows me also to become a member of the body of Christ, to become an active member. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So when we ask ourselves, how does God want me to serve Him? How does God want me to serve others? How does God bind me together with other people to make me a member of the body of Christ? It is through the working of the Holy Spirit in me. Each of us has received gifts through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has given us gifts and supports those gifts and wants us to use those gifts. And so these gifts are something that I need to offer back to God, just as I have received from Him, that I need to offer it back to Him. Offer it to my family, offer it to the church, offer it to my neighbor. These things God has created in me, not only for my own enjoyment, but also so that I can serve the people around me. So I have to remember this also, that these are the gifts of the Spirit, that what God has given me. It is not just, um, it is not just something that is, uh, I created for myself. No, this is, God has given me something very unique and special that I should use. Another gift of the Holy Spirit is a conviction of sin. In John 16, it says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Meaning that it is only through the Holy Spirit that I know myself. It is only through the Holy Spirit that I understand my weaknesses. It is only through the Holy Spirit that I, that I feel guilty of sin whenever I commit sin. And sometimes we try to escape from this feeling of guilt. That whenever I feel any kind of guilt, I want to run away from it that I don't want to feel that feeling, that I feel bad with this feeling and I try to cover it up or I try to distract myself with other things so that this feeling departs from me. This nagging feeling that there's something that's missing. There's something I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing. There's some kind of element of my lifestyle that's wrong. But this is actually a gift that God is giving us through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. He is reminding us, He is stirring us, He is reminding us for repentance. He is calling us to repentance again. And that's what he says is, He will convict the world of sin. We will know what sin is through the work of the Holy Spirit. Also, He will convict the world of righteousness, meaning that we will know what is right and wrong through the work of the Holy Spirit. In our modern times, we have lost track of what it means to be right and what it means to be wrong. There is kind of the sense of right and wrong has been so diluted and so perverted that people do not agree anymore about what is right and what is wrong. And everybody has their own opinions about everything and, and self-justification. The Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of righteousness, meaning He will remind us of what is the truth. He will remind us of His commandments. He will remind us of what is right, and He will convict us of what is wrong, of sin. He also will what convict us of judgment, meaning He will remind us that we are not going to live in this state forever, that there will come a time of judgment. And in this judgment, God is going to tell us, what have you done? 
What have you done with, with the gifts that I have given you? What have you done with the time that I have given you? Have you repented of your sins? Or this voice of conviction, this voice of the Holy Spirit in you that has been gnawing at you, telling you, repent, repent, repent. How often have you ignored that voice? So this is something very important for us, is the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things that the Holy Spirit does in us because it is through this conviction that we return to God. It is through this conviction that we are restored again to Him when we hear this voice and we listen to it and we repent. Those are some of the characteristics of, the, of how the Holy Spirit works in us. But how do we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do we hear His voice? There's, there's a lot of people that can claim and speak in such a way. It says, the Holy Spirit told me to do whatever. The Holy Spirit told me to marry this person. The Holy Spirit told me to take this job. The Holy Spirit told me to quit this job. And, and, and sometimes we, we make claims um, saying that the Holy Spirit is, is speaking so clearly to me and He's telling me very specific things that I should be doing. But how do we know really that this is the voice of the Holy Spirit? Okay? Many claim falsely that they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, Behold, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Sometimes we really want something and we convince ourselves that God wants it. We convince ourselves this is something that God is, is telling me to do. When it's really my own voice that I'm hearing, but uh, it's, it's, I want to pretend or imagine that it is the voice of God. For instance, when, when King David the prophet was being chased after by King Saul, there, it so happened that, that he happened to be in a cave. And that same cave is where Saul was. And Saul was sleeping at the time. And so King David had the opportunity to kill Saul because after all he was, he was running from him. Saul was trying to kill him and, and King David was running. So King David had the opportunity to kill Saul while Saul was sleeping. Saul didn't know that he was there. And so um, David's men, they told him, look, God has given him into your hands so that you can kill him. Look at this, this is such a, a big coincidence. God has given him into your hands. The fact that you happen to be in this cave, and Saul also happens to be in the same cave, and he doesn't know that you're there, and he's sleeping and vulnerable, go and kill him, and save yourself all of this trouble of having to run from him. It seems very logical. And maybe any of us looking at it said, well, yeah, it seems like that's the right thing. It seems like, you know, how, how would such a coincidence happen if it had not been for God to create this? But King David said, no, I will not touch or kill the Lord's anointed. King David lived according to a principle which he cannot kill the anointed of God, even if it was convenient to do so. So he didn't say, you know what, maybe this is the will of God. God wants me to do this. Because God is not going to contradict his own law. Sometimes we, we, we want to break the law of God and thinking, oh, maybe this is, this is what God wants. This is God is, is what's, 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 what's he, what he's asking me to do, even though it's actually breaking his law. Another way that we do not hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly is when we have selfishness. And sometimes we seek the Spirit for selfish reason, reasons. In Acts chapter 8, it says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also. This man, Simon the sorcerer, who uh, appeared that he repented from his sin, from his sorcery, and appeared that he became a Christian, but when he saw that the apostles were able to give the, 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 the Holy Spirit by the laying of their hands, he actually sought this and he wanted to pay them money in order for him to have this gift. 
Why was he seeking this? Was he seeking the Holy Spirit for all those reasons we said? Because he wanted to be convicted? Because he wanted spiritual illumination and understanding and all those things? Or was he wanting it just so he can demonstrate that he has power? He wants to be able to have power. This is an, uh, the wrong motive of the, having the Holy Spirit. Some people um, might want to pretend or imagine or are convinced that the Holy Spirit is working in them just so they can kind of show off and say, look, the Holy Spirit is working in me. The Holy Spirit, like I can speak in tongues. I can, you know, predict the future and prophesy. I can do all of these things in order to get attention from other people, not because I really want the fruit of the Spirit, not because I want the transformation that the Spirit gives. So it's a very selfish motive. <coughs> another, uh, another characteristic of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit does not override our mind. The Holy Spirit does not override our mind. When the Holy Spirit works in us, it doesn't override our need to, to reason. It doesn't override our need to think. The, the Spirit is not going to come and tell me something that completely is against reason, against, against what was, is natural that I should do. The Holy Spirit supports the things that I do, but it is not against the reason that God has given me. God granted us reason. And the Spirit will help us to learn, will help us to reason, will help us to make a good decision. But I don't make a foolish decision and say, well, it's the Holy Spirit is telling me. You know, for instance, let's say you have someone who is very intelligent and a very good student, but instead of deciding to go to college, they want to go and to do something else and essentially waste their life. They don't want to pursue something that is, uh, you know, that will, that will help them to make a living. Okay? And then they can come and say, well, you know, I really feel that God wants me to do this. But we ask, is, is God really telling me to do this? Or is this just what I want to do? And it's masked by me thinking that this is what God is telling me to do. God works through other people. The Holy Spirit works by illuminating me through the, the, the advice and the conviction of other people. Not just me by myself believing that the Holy Spirit is, speak, is speaking. The Holy Spirit does not override our mind. Also, the Spirit of God never contradicts himself. Right? He never tells us to lie or deceive or rob or be greedy because in this way he would contradict himself. He told us do not do these things. So when we're trying to understand the will of God, God is never going to tell us to do something that contradicts his word. So we have to be very careful with that. And finally, God speaks to those who are eager to listen. In order for us to be eager to listen, it means that we have to wait to hear the voice of the Spirit. Sometimes God does not answer immediately. If I really want to hear the voice of God, I have to wait on Him until I hear His voice. So may God grant us to benefit from the Holy Spirit that He has given us on this day of Pentecost and not take this gift for granted and not quench the Spirit, ignoring the work of the Spirit in us and, and downplaying its importance. We receive the Holy Spirit on our chrismation on the day that we are baptized and God asks us to be partners with Him and work with the Holy Spirit throughout our lives. And glory be to God forever. Amen.